You're listening to City Beat, the weekly podcast from OnlineDailyUrbanMilwaukee.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Janine. Today we'll be joined by Urban Milwaukee editor Bruce Murphy, who also serves the publication as our corporate watchdog. He's noticed a bizarre trend from We Energies and how much they advertise. We'll also talk about Foxconn. Is it dead? Did Trump save it? What possibly are these side deals that are referenced? Don't touch that dial, close that app, or hit that mute button. We'll be right back. Bruce Murphy, Urban Milwaukee editor, joins the show to talk about the many ads of We Energies, his column that's up Tuesday, February 5th. Bruce, thanks for calling in. My pleasure. So I want to talk about something bizarre that I've noticed, and it seems that you independently stumbled onto as well. Why does a monopoly, that is a utility, advertise? And I noticed it at Brewer Games years ago. American Transmission Company, which is essentially a power line provider, they move large amounts of power between power plants, was advertising and it's not something that I can go out and buy. It's not something if I have a choice in buying. And then you noticed, well, now there's all kinds of ads for We Energies, which again is not something that you have much of a choice in buying. Yeah, and I think it might be the same reason for both. Uh, American Transmission Company has sometimes caused controversy when it's wanted to run lines through the state. Uh, people get mad about it, and so maybe this, these are image-building ads. In the case of uh, We Energies, I have to believe that this is all about buffing their image. They've gotten a lot of criticism over uh, raising their rates year after year, both from uh, the Consumer Group uh, Citizens Utility Board and from this industrial group that represents some of the biggest companies in the state. They've both been hammering We Energies for raising rates year after year. Well, one of the things that really caught me as a surprise, and I guess I'm just too young, I've only lived in Milwaukee since 2005, We Energies actually used to advertise that it had cheap power? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, they used to advertise as having lower rates than the national average and perhaps even the mid- Midwestern average. But this would be back at least 15 years ago. And it's no longer the case because they have been steadily raising rates at a rate faster than the Midwestern average and the national average. Well, one of the things that really interested me in this from a public policy standpoint is you notice they're running ads with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Brewers, Green Bay Packers, Milwaukee Admirals, UW-Milwaukee, and Marquette University. And with the exception of the Admirals and Marquette, all of those other organizations are receiving a public subsidy of some kind, be it a sales tax funding, we have the new arena, we have the Miller Park thing that we talked about a week ago, changing names. There's public money involved in all those, and We Energies is publicly regulated, but were you able to find out how much they actually pay for these ads? No, they refuse to say. They uh, they continue to say that this, these are uh, confidential and they can't. So when, he, when the spokesperson said that, I said, well, can you simply tell me the amount, total amount you're spending on this? No, nope, can't tell me that either. So it is very strange because, yes, it's a publicly rela- uh, regulated legal monopoly. Uh, you'd think that that information would have to be revealed. And, yes, uh, most of these are groups that are already subsidized by the taxpayers. So really, for if you're an average rate payer, in this area, 
you you are helping to support We Energies with your uh, electric bill and gas bill, and and you're also uh, uh, and and they are in turn supporting these sports teams that you're supporting with your taxes. So in a way, indirectly, you're supporting all those sports teams twice. Well, that's really generous of me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about something that really, I guess, struck me as surprising. What's a better investment, the S&P 500 or the WEC Energy Group? <laughs> I, I was tempted to, to give readers uh, my first stock tip. Uh, I, you know, I would go with WE Energies. They've been, uh, their record is absolutely stunning. So over the uh, 15-year period, they've uh, gone up by, I think it's 790%, something like that. And, so, uh, I see 724 in your article. 724 I'm versus... Sure. About 490-something for the Dow Jones over that period. Yeah, the, the missing 65% there, I don't think anyone's fretting over. That's an incredible return for a state, and We Energy serves a bit outside of Wisconsin, but a 15, state that has... 15% per year. How would you, I mean, that, I, I've never had an investment like that. I mean, I have, and I, they're high-growth tech companies, which is the absolute opposite of what a utility should be. Right. But I think we can all know that that's probably closely related to the fact that they used to advertise cheap electricity. They do not anymore. Those things are, I would say, all connected. Very much so. And, uh, I mean, they have 15 board members there, and I guess I have to question, has, has anyone ever asked this question? Uh, they also have, you know, very well-paid executives. Uh, and, I mean, in reality, we are all supporting this. Well, again, I, I will, I guess, tell Giannis that he's welcome for my cable money, my We Energies money, and the money I pay for tickets. I guess my sales tax money, too, income tax money. I forget how these organizations get subsidized. But, it, again, thank you for being our corporate watchdog. We should at least read the statement from company spokesperson Brendan Conway on why We Energies advertises, and I have it here in front of me. We believe it's important to support community organizations and businesses in our service areas which bring an economic benefit to the communities we serve and contribute to our quality of life. Did, did you hear anything more from that? Is there another reason they could be advertising? Uh, well, you know, he's talked about there are other kinds of ads they do. They do, for instance, safety ads. But those kinds of ads can be, they can use the ratepayers' money for that. So, you know, but because, because that has an ostensible purpose to serve the ratepayers. But in the case of all these ads that are just for their image, that's supposedly not paid for by the ratepayers, but paid for by the shareholders who give up some of their return, which I guess means that they could have been getting even more than 15% a year. Interesting. Well, that's something we'll continue to keep an eye on. I know you especially will. And now I want to shift gears to what has kind of been the big topic since 2017. And give me a minute to set the stage here with Foxconn. The deal starts in 2017 with an announcement of a $10 billion, 20 square, 20 square mil, 20 million, well, tongue twister apparently, 20 million square foot plant. It was going to have only $2.9 billion in subsidies, and those subsidies were all going to be tied to job creation. The idea was Foxconn was going to create this, what they call a generation 10.5 plant, state of the art. They would get money, uh, $1.35 billion for building the plant and $1.5 billion for hiring workers. That plant was a $10 billion investment, so a roughly 15% return there. 
Well, that quickly grew to $4.1 million, $4.1 billion when you factored in a nearly $800 million local subsidy through a tax incremental financing district, uh, $100 million plus in electrical lines to get there, something that ratepayers of ATC, which you mentioned before as part of We Energies, will pay more for road work. There's a sales tax exemption that's nearly $150 million. And then things started to change. We heard, although I don't believe there's an official statement, that the company wasn't going to build the 10.5 plant. They're instead in switching to a Generation 6 plant, not quite state-of-the-art, and that had to do with a deal falling apart with the glass manufacturer. And then right before the election, they started buying up buildings. They bought a building in Green Bay. They bought a building in Eau Claire, as well as making a large donation to the UW system. And then things got quiet. Governor Tony Evers came into office. Things were quiet. Governor Walker, who negotiated the deal, was gone. And we learned that the company had only 178 employees at the end of 2018, which is about 200 below where they were projected to be. Things were not looking good for the Foxconn deal. And then all of a sudden, this roller coaster took off last week. And I'll, I'll bring you in where you weigh in with your 12 reasons the deal appears to be dying. And that is on Wednesday of last week. There was a report from, a report from Reuters that Foxconn won't build TVs in Wisconsin. Uh, in terms of TV, we have no place in the U.S., Louis Wu, who's the assistant to the chairman of Foxconn, one of their top employees, told Reuters. We can't compete. Well, then, the Thursday, the next day, less than 24 hours later, an article appeared in the Nikkei Asian Review noting that the company had pulled all their workers out of Racine County and was terminating, not terminating the deal, but putting it on hold, and also putting on hold another $9 billion deal in China. Things were looking really grim there. Uh, then Foxconn comes out with a statement on Friday that says Trump sat down with them and they, you know, things are steady as they go. We're back to this Generation 6 plant. We're moving ahead. Where are we really at, Bruce? What What is actually going on here? This deal doesn't seem to stop moving. <laughs> it really is really remarkable. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, Foxconn, so Trump talks to Foxconn. And I think they follow the lead of uh, North Korea. They told Trump what he wanted to hear. And so we now know that North Korea has no nuclear weapons and Foxconn will actually build that factory. Yeah, and I think Fox, <laughs> Foxconn gets some credit. There is definitely work going on in Racine County. It's visible from above. There's a Twitter account, Foxconn Aerials, that's following it. You can see there's something happening there. And Foxconn listed out the things they're going to build, and a lot of them were just assembly. There was no real factory discussion there. It was just, well, we'll probably snap stuff together and put it in a box. Yeah, and it's worth noting that this Nikkei Asian Review has generally been on the money when it's reported on Foxconn. I mean, obviously, Foxconn history has been in China. Uh, that's really been heavily based. And nothing that Nikkei reported or that, uh, you know, the early report said has changed despite what Trump has said, which is to say the economic conditions would still seem to make it impossible for Foxconn to build these large screen LCD products competitively in the U.S., uh, which is what they basically said to uh, Reuters. Uh, as you noted, you know, they didn't meet their 2018 goals for employment in this state, uh, with the, so they didn't meet the state deal. They've cut all this billions from productions overseas, which shows that they're in a retrenchment mode, not an expansion mode. They have steadfastly for months now avoided saying that they will invest the promised $10 billion in Wisconsin, which I think is telling. I think it, you know, they don't want to say that because I don't think they think they can do it. Uh, 
And finally, even if they did build a factory, which they explicitly told the Nikkei Asian Review they are no longer going to do, they've also said repeatedly now, going back probably to, uh, I would say, August or earlier, that up to 90% of any workers would be robots. I mean, 90% of the work would be done by robots in terms of any manufacturing. So, I mean, when you add all these things together, I just don't see... I mean, my guess is they are still committed to do some kind of uh, uh, facility there, but everything they have been saying since really June has been about knowledge workers, engineers, and not any manufacturing. And I saw a number of commenters, and I think some of them were on the Urban Milwaukee Facebook page, so we're headed into the danger zone here. But they suggested <laughs> that, well, Foxconn still could honor their promise. They're just hired 13,000, you know, essentially high-paid engineers in R&D work. And that would be great if that happened, but we've seen no indication that that's possibly going to happen. 13,000 people, new knowledge workers in Wisconsin, would just be an astronomically large number. That would be massive for Apple or Google. Yeah, I mean, for Foxconn, which really has had a history as a contract manufacturer, not as some kind of, you know, bells and whistles, innovative creator, I just, how do they suddenly transform into that? And that'll be something we'll be closely watching. A couple other things of interest. I did have a discussion with someone this weekend who said he's being recruited by Foxconn, which surprised me. Uh, He said they couldn't tell him much about the job, though, but they really wanted to hire him, which really struck me as, well, maybe Foxconn is doing something here, or maybe this thing is really as crazy as it sounds from the outside. (laughs) That is really interesting. I I would love to know what that job was. And another another thing that's really interesting is Foxconn's doing this major cost-cutting that you've hit on. It's point number 10 in your list of 12, and they're doing all this well, the economy is still growing. We're, we haven't hit a recession yet, and what happens to a deal like this when a recession happens? I can't imagine it all of a sudden gets better. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, I just think the thing that what, you know, a lot of experts said from the get-go when this thing was first proposed is that we're talking about a really fast-moving industry uh, and these things can change overnight. And Foxconn, what's interesting to me about them is that they still are run and owned by the same guy who founded the company as this tiny little company that gradually built to, into a, a mega company through contract manufacturing. But it's still very, you know, it's a personal company for him. He runs that by the seat of the pants in a way, and they adjust to any changes on the fly. And it's pretty clear that they're adjusting and, and none of this is good right now. And I think that's a lot to Terry Gao, the Foxconn chairman's credit, that he's been able to build this company. The question comes, and you have point number 12 here, there's nothing to stop Foxconn from pulling out. If they walk away from Wisconsin, yes, they might not get any ever of the state money, but there's $764 million in local money. There's a highway expansion going on right now. Undoubtedly, state workers at WEDC have been focused more on this deal than they could have been on other things. There is a huge opportunity cost, if not a real cost, to this. There's a big cost, and I would throw into that people who lost their homes through eminent domain. Uh, 
it's just, you know, the, the, the thing is, is if you would just let the market go as it goes, one of the things that was happening down there is all, that, all these warehouses being built, uh, and which, you know, you can say, well, that isn't great pay, some of those wages, but it may well be as much as what the average manufacturing worker might have gotten at Foxconn, and you wouldn't have had all this disruption. And there's one last thing with Foxconn. Well, I, I have some crystal ball questions for you. But there's, there's one thing. The Biz Times ran a report that kind of modeled out Foxconn's hiring practices right now at their hiring pace, what uh, types of subsidies they would get in the next year. And it looks like they could claim up to $500 million in refundable tax credits within five years. The challenge comes in year six on their model that all of a sudden Foxconn would be over a thousand jobs short of their hiring requirements and then would owe the state $500 million. How easy do you think it would be for Wisconsin to try and claim $500 in cash from Foxconn? <laughs> well, I think it'd be pretty difficult. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a company that's largely based in China, and I, I, what's to stop them from just deciding to leave the country? That is a good question. I don't know if companies like Apple would put pressure on them, and I don't know if they would be interested in doing so for the state of Wisconsin where they have limited presence. That's something we'll be watching. Bruce, if you gaze into your crystal ball, what happens next with Foxconn? I really think that uh, we're going to see another year of them not meeting uh, the employment uh, requirements of the contract because uh, I just don't think uh, they're not going to gear up that fast. That's the, the, the only thing I'm certain of. Other than that, I mean, they could be gone in another year. My guess is they're going to hang on for at least a couple of years. Well, one thing that particularly struck me as interesting was Evan Zeppos, their PR expert that they hired, quit. Without explanation, he's just no longer working for him. He had a really short quote he gave the Journal Sentinel. Have you gotten any sense of why he's not there anymore? Uh, He refuses to talk. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Uh, So I I really don't know, but... uh, yeah, it's just, but it, to me, it struck me as another uh, bad sign. Well, of many, I think we all still hope that Foxconn succeeds because there's a lot of money riding on it. So we will be continuing to stay tuned to this story. Bruce Murphy, thanks for joining us. What are you working on ahead of, t- uh, in the future, I guess, as I trip oh, over oh, my time? Oh, doggone, are you going to ask me that again? <laughs> I, I barely know the day I'm working on it, what I'm working on. All right. Well, this is Tuesday. Mike, (laughs) we're recording this on Tuesday. It often comes out Thursday mornings. Look for a Bruce Murphy column, Murphy's Law, Urban Milwaukee editor, Bruce Murphy. Thanks for joining us. You bet. I want to thank everyone for listening to another installment of City Beat from UrbanMilwaukee.com. This show was recorded live at Riverwest Radio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We'll see you next week.